A career-high season across the board for Ryan Hartman. We evaluate his play and look at his best spot in the lineup going forward today on Locked on Wild. You're Locked on Wild. Your daily podcast on the Minnesota Wild. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network. Your team every day. What's happening, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Locked On Wild, your daily Minnesota Wild podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you for making Locked On Wild your first listen each and every day. And just as a reminder, Locked On Wild is free and available wherever you listen to podcasts. On today's episode of Locked On Wild, we evaluate Ryan Hartman's 2021-2022 season which saw him have career highs across the board in several offensive categories. We look at uh, how he performed throughout the season and whether he should stay at center moving forward or if a move back to wing suits him best going forward. My name is Seth Topol, host of Locked on Wild, veteran Minnesota sports content producer with well over a decade's worth of experience covering your favorite Minnesota sports teams, and uh, navigating you now through the offseason here for the Minnesota Wild. We move on to another member of the top line for the Minnesota Wild, that being Mr. Ryan Hartman. And it was an interesting season for Hartman because we, in looking at his performance in the playoff series against the Vegas Golden Knights last year, noted that he looked like a guy who uh, was potentially going to uh, do some good things offensively for this team. I don't think anybody expected him to uh, to do exactly what he did this season, but um, just was really impressed with uh, what Hartman was able to do for this team. Obviously, having a, a couple of line mates in Kirill Kaprizov and Matt Zuccarello doesn't hurt, but... Um, to his credit, Hartman had plenty of, of clutch moments throughout the season. And uh, I want to start by correcting a misconception that I had myself with Hartman's for performance. I assumed that uh, he started off the season really hot and cooled down at the end. That's actually not the case. If you look at it, and again, these numbers are... Pretty impressive considering that Hartman's career high before this season was 19 goals. And, um, you know, he was never a guy that was more than like a 20 or a 30-point scorer per season. 31 points was his career high heading into this season. And, I mean, just, just look at the numbers all up and down the board. 34 goals, career high. 31 assists, career high. And it's not like he exceeded his career highs by, you know, just barely. Like, you go from 19 goals to 34. You go from 17 assists to 31. Total points, his career high before this season was 31, uh, set all the way back in 2016-2017, and he got up to 65 this season. Plus minus, his career high plus 13 back in 2016-2017 with Chicago. Got to plus 31 this season. And, um, you know, just just all sorts of, uh, of great 
improvements for uh, Hartman throughout uh, the course of the season. I mean, he his career high in goals is uh, no coincidence to the fact that he uh, reestablished a career high in shots and um, just really was, for a team that doesn't have a heck of a lot in terms of, uh, of center depth, plugged that spot um, plugged that spot at various points last year to now filling the center role full-time this season. And for a guy who his, his most face-offs taken uh, in a season, like you can take the number of face-offs that he has won in his career, and that total number um, is 501. He won 512 of them this season. Now, 44.8% in the face-off dot. You'd like to see that number... Um, You'd like to see that number come up, but honestly, I I think that is I, I think that's the maybe one of the only areas in which uh, Hartman's game could uh, certainly improve going forward. So you have all these career highs across the board in uh, in every offensive category, and then you look at uh, some of the other things that uh, that happen. I mean. Got off to the really hot start, had uh, 12 goals in the first 22 games of the season. Then went into a little bit of a quiet spell, and by quiet I mean seven goals in 28 games between December, January, and February. And I just assumed that the cold spell kind of continued throughout the rest of the season. Hartman actually finished the year in 31 games, uh, 32 games in March and April, he finished with 15 goals and 28 points in those 32 games. So actually finished the season pretty well going into the playoffs. Um, and, you know, with Kirill Kaprizov shattering the Minnesota Wilds record for points in a season, it's no coincidence that Hartman was uh, certainly going to be the beneficiary of um, of a lot of those types of plays. Hartman coming into this season was you know more of a, a defensive guy that could uh, could take care of some of those battles to allow for Kaprizov and for Zuccarello to um kind of do their thing offensively and. Early on in the season, Hartman actually was uh, was centering the Felino and Greenway line with Jewel Erickson Eck on the top line um, with Kirill Kaprizov and Matt Zuccarello until that pairing didn't have the didn't have the best of chemistry. And so once the grief line was reunited, you had Hartman hop up to the uh, the top line, and things just just took off from there for that group. So. All in all, a great season for Ryan Hartman. I think if you're going to give Kirill Kaprizov an A+, I think Ryan Hartman's got to be... I mean, you could you could certainly make a compelling case for an A. I, I would even be okay with people who say maybe A-, but I, I, think, I think I'm going to go with an A for Ryan Hartman because... 
this was, I think, hands down, the least expected offensive season of the year. I mean, Marcus Foligno has been a guy who's kind of been trending towards being more of a goal scorer here over the last couple of years. And so his jump from having 11 goals last season to 23 this year is not it's it's certainly a jump, but not nearly as much as Hartman going from um, last season when he ended up uh, scoring seven, seven goals last year to 34 this season. Um, just a, a massive jump. And so he deserves praise for that, uh, being a guy that's, you know, still is the one to win some of those battles um, for possession and is is just going to muck it up um, and, and be the one to kind of get his hands dirty. He, uh, he was rewarded for those efforts with uh, a ton of goals here this season. Now, where does Hartman fit into the picture for this Minnesota Wild team going forward? I uh, have given some thought to whether or not um, he should stick at the center position or if a transition to wing maybe makes more sense for him uh, as the Wild add to their center rotation. So uh, we'll talk about that as we continue our season eval for Ryan Hartman coming up next here on Locked on Wild. Let's be honest. Brownies are the absolute best thing that you can possibly eat any given day of the week. But even better than just your average run-of-the-mill brownie is the brownie batter. You can lick the spoon or lick the bowl clean once you have uh, poured the batter and are waiting for your brownies to be finished. Imagine if you could do that without having to uh, without having to worry about licking the spoon or anything like that. And you could get some protein in addition. Built Bar has come up with an absolutely brilliant idea, the Brownie Batter Puff. This puff takes protein bars to a whole new level and is available right now at Built.com. Brownie Batter Puffs contain 140 calories, 17 grams of protein, and just 7 grams of sugar. Brownie Batter Puffs are the perfect pick-me-up for any day of the week. So if you want to get your hands on some delicious brownie batter puffs, head to Built.com, use the promo code LOCKED15, and you'll get 15% off your order. Again, use the promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at Built.com. Continuing today's episode of Locked on Wild, once again, thank you for making Locked on Wild your first listen each and every day. Once your first listen of the day is done, make sure you head over to the Locked on NHL podcast to get a full recap of everything going on in round two of the Stanley Cup playoffs. The Florida Panthers are history, and uh, you can get a recap of that, plus all the other series going on at uh, the Locked on NHL podcast, which is free and available wherever you listen to your podcasts. So Ryan Hartman, we, uh, we talk about... The season for Hartman, which a a career high, just shattering all of his personal bests. And um, much like Jewel Erickson Eck, maybe not as maybe not as good defensively as Jewel Erickson Eck is, but you get my point there, is always more known 
for his defense and adding the offense to the arsenal this year. Um, Does he fit in as a center going forward? And, you know, I, I think... I think ultimately, at the end of the day, uh, I think Hartman's best fit is as a wing player, but he has shown more than capable of uh, of slotting into a center spot in this lineup with the fact that the Wilds, you've got Jewel Erickson Eck, you've got Tyson Jost, and um, Freddie Goudreau. Those, those are your other centers for this team at this point. And so Hartman kind of playing that role out of necessity at first, but the chemistry has been, the chemistry is hard to deny for uh, that group. And so initially him starting out as just plugging a hole for this team, now he certainly looks like somebody that can be right at home with Kaprizov and Zuccarello on that top line. And so my initial thought process with that question was, well, I think what we can probably do is um, is move Hartman to a wing spot and then get somebody else to play that uh, center spot for um, between Kaprizov and Zuccarello. Now my thought process, I think is the couple years down the road plan is, I think, to have Kaprizov, Rossi, and Boldy as your top line. But you're not going to have – that's not going to happen this coming season. So why not give Hartman another shot with uh, Kaprizov and Zuccarello and see if those guys can replicate the same success that they had in the regular season. Now – that uh, that top line for the uh, the Wilds, really the only line, and Kaprizov doing a ton of the scoring for that top line in the opening round series against the uh, the Blues. And so, ultimately, I think what you would want in a playoff series is a center that's got a little bit more, a little bit more skill, but. You know, at, at the end of the day, if Rossi's going to be that guy, there still is going to be some time for him to need to get acquainted um, to playing every day in the NHL. And so, at least to start next year, I think the line combo is for that for Rossi is going to be Boldy Rossi Goudreau. I think that's how you start the year. Now, if Rossi just tears it up, and if that's top line of Kaprizov, Hartman, and um, Zuccarello, if that line struggles, then yeah, shake it up and, and see what happens. But I have less of an issue with Hartman's play um, at that center spot than I did coming into the season. So I think we're perfectly comfortable with keeping him in that spot for um, for this having that be the plan for this coming season. Because you, you look at some of the other numbers of his. I mean, his Corsi 4 percentage, which again is the percentage of time that you are controlling the puck when a particular player is out on the ice. And 
His Corsi 4 for this past season was 54.9 in all situations. Even strength, 53.4. 5-on-5, 53.2. 5-on-5 close, 52.2. And 5-on-5 tied, 53.5. So the Wilds, more than more often than not, were a little more above average. We're possessing the puck with Hartman on the ice. Now, some of that is due to Kirill Kaprizov. But at the same time, that uh, if that line has you know Victor Rask as the center... That's clearly worked for a while, and then the shine wore off um, as that uh, that combination continued to get time together. So, obviously, it's not just Kirill Kaprizov. He's certainly a good re- majority of the reason that that line is successful, but those other two guys were making plays as well, and like we said, uh, Hartman had plenty of goals that came in clutch situations late in games. So it's it's not like he's scoring a ton of you know empty netters. He did have a few of those as well, but it's not like they're all coming in empty net situations. Like there were some pretty clutch goals that Hartman provided um this past season. And so I would say at this point Hartman can give you the versatility to occupy one of those center spots until we get a little better sense of what Marco Rossi is going to be able to do at the NHL level. And then at that point, maybe you take Hartman and you uh, put him down in the lineup um, as one of those more defense-oriented guys. But for now, if he's going to contribute offensively like he did this season, then uh, I have no no problem with uh, keeping him on that top line. So a great season for Ryan Hartman. And, um, you know, just, just a fun player to watch for this team because he, he's very much one of the unsung uh, members of this team. Just uh, does a lot of, um, just does a lot of good things for this wild squad. And so that's, I think, one of the big reasons that he's, uh, he's getting an A in my book, for uh, what the team accomplished here this season. So that's your eval on Ryan Hartman. Now, I want to spend the back end of the show today talking about a little something that we saw from Andre Vasilevsky and how the Wilds factor into that with their heir apparent to the goalie situation. So uh, we'll finish today's episode Locked on Wild, talking a little bit about Jesper Wallstead and um, how he can hopefully give the Wild a little taste of Andre Vasilevsky. That's coming up after this. Final segment of today's episode of Locked on Wild. Once again, thank you for making Locked on Wild your first listen each and every day. Locked on Wild free and available wherever you listen to your podcast, just like Locked on Sports Minnesota. Make sure you're checking out the Ron Johnson Show and Superior Sports Talk to get your full Minnesota sports fix from two A-plus sources. Locked on Sports Minnesota is free and available wherever you listen to your podcasts. So last night, the Tampa Bay Lightning closed out the Florida Panthers in four games. Ended up winning 2 to nothing. Andre Vasilevsky was 
ridiculous. 49 save shutout. And uh, just absolutely stole one with the Florida Panthers playing their probably their best game of the series. And uh, it it just didn't matter because Vasilevsky just stood on his head and um, just he, he continues to be just this insane, like larger than life figure that um, like the numbers speak for themselves, how he does in elimination games, how he does after a loss. Listen to these numbers. Vasilevsky in the 10 series clinching wins over the past three postseasons has stopped 306 of 315 shots. So in the 10 series clinching wins over the past three postseasons, he's allowed nine goals. He stopped 68 of 72 high danger shots, given up 18 and a half fewer goals than expected, and has six shutouts in that time period. The Wild are hoping that Jesper Wallstead can profile as one of those goalies that can steal you a game, steal you a couple of games when the offense isn't clicking, when power play's not working. And you know, we, we saw the need for that in the series against the Blues. For instance, in game one, I'm not saying that... Well, look at look at game one in the last two series for the Minnesota Wilds. Go back to the game uh, in game one against the Vegas Golden Knights, in which the Wild ended up winning in overtime by a uh, one-to-nothing score. Uh, Cam Talbot out-dueling... Marc-Andre Fleury in that first game of the series. And in game one of this series against the Blues, it was Ville Husso out-dueling Marc-Andre Fleury in that series. But game one of the series was a game in which the Wild just needed a now a, a good portion of it was on the defense as well. So, goaltending, defense, neither was particularly stellar in that uh, that first game of the series. But you just you, you see the effect that having a goalie that you can just count on to take things into their own hands and why Tampa Bay has been so good under Vasilevsky's tenure is because he does a couple of things. Is he his performance, especially after a loss, has been outstanding. His performance in series clinching games, outstanding. And what that does is that buys time for your offense to get rolling, for your special teams to get an opportunity, and capitalize on an opportunity. And if your goalie simply stops the other team more often than they don't, that gives your team confidence that, hey, our goalie is on one. And if we can just get, like for Tampa Bay, 
pretty much, and I know they had um, a couple of goals waved off. It felt, with how good Vasilevsky was, it felt like they only needed the one goal. And that is way less pressure for a team to, hey, if we get one, that's probably going to be enough. Whereas if you give up one or two right away, then you have to fight through the momentum to tie the game and give yourself the lead. And so his comp is not necessarily Vasilevsky. It's more of a uh, a Markstrom, which at this point doesn't sound great considering what Edmonton has done to him in that series. But it gives the Wilds a legitimate chance to have a goalie who can, in an absolutely must-win game, can keep you in it all the way through and can bide you time until you get things figured out offensively or cash in on an opportunity and then does not squander it. That's that's all it comes down to. And you know, watching Vasilevsky do his thing for the Lightning and just... You know, the numbers are just insane of what he's done, and it's been really good teams. It's not like they've been playing the Arizona Coyotes every game. They they have been playing the best of the best, and they've consistently been beating the best of the best, not only because of the offense that they've constructed, but because they have the goalie that no matter what's going on, knows what it takes and can steal you games. And the Wild thought they had that in Marc-Andre Fleury, and it just it just never happened in the uh, the series against the Blues. And we've, we've talked about it at length as to what went wrong in the series. Ultimately, at the end of the day, we are going to be getting close to the Jesper Wallstead tenure and hoping that we can get something like what we've seen from uh, Andre Vasilevsky with the Tampa Bay Lightning. So it, it uh, it'll be fascinating to track Wallstead with his first action in Iowa and uh, seeing how he does as he ascends further up the line for the uh, Minnesota Wild. So going to be fun to keep an eye on that. We will continue the player evals. We've got Matt Zuccarello coming up tomorrow, so uh, make sure to check that out. We'll get to Jacob Middleton and Jared Spurgeon before the week is done. Jared Spurgeon one will drop on Friday, and I uh, I know that's going to be one that a lot of people are keen to listen to, so uh, we will not disappoint with that one. And uh, you can take a look at the Kirill Kaprizov season eval that we completed uh, yesterday. So a lot for you as we continue to navigate the offseason. So make sure you are following along with Locked on Wild wherever you listen to your podcasts. Also make sure to follow us on social media. We will keep you up to date on all things Minnesota Wild throughout the entirety of the offseason with new episodes every Monday through Friday as part of the Locked on Podcast Network.